Welcome to Cookbook Club. We are home cooks from Portland, Oregon. I'm Sarah Gray. And I'm Renee Wilkinson. Every other episode of Cookbook Club will be focused not on a cookbook, but a cooking topic. It's the start of a new year, and maybe you're tired from the marathon of cooking that happened over the holidays. Time to pull out the Instant Pot. I love that device so much. I was one of the people who was on the fence about whether I really needed another appliance. What finally talked me into getting an Instant Pot was our cookbook club because people were like, this isn't another appliance. It's like you can get rid of a couple appliances by having an Instant Pot. It's a real handy thing. Yeah, it's a rice cooker. It's a slow cooker. It's a pressure cooker. Yeah. Now I'm at the point where I don't have a rice cooker. I don't have a slow cooker. I actually have two Instant Pots. (laughs) I have two Instant Pots also. (laughs) What is the difference between yours? Um, I have one that's big. I think it's called like the Lux or something. There's like 200 models of Instant Pots or something. And then I said at some point to my partner, like, it would be awesome if I had a smaller one because it felt really awkward to make like, you know, two servings of oatmeal in this gigantic Instant Pot. So he bought me a smaller one. But then I had a little incident with it when I was camping. I took it camping and I like (laughs) I was carrying like an armload of stuff from one cabin to a different cabin because I was going to make hot chocolate for the kids. Uh And so I like got my Instant Pot. I like put the gallon of milk inside of it and the some, you know, and the mugs and that like I, I stacked everything up inside of it and I grabbed it and then I stopped on the porch and set it down on a bench to like tie my shoes. And then when I picked it back up, the cord caught on something and like. The milk went flying and the mugs went clattering and like the entire thing came apart. Oh, my gosh. Like the bottom of it detached from the top of it and like all the wires were hanging out. (laughs) And I was able to put it back together and it still works. But like I have to handle that Instant Pot very gingerly now. That sounds so sketchy. It's super sketchy. So now I use the big one more because, you know, but the little one has like more buttons on it and more options. I don't know. It's one of 200 kinds that they make. Okay. I'm just making up 200, but there's so many kinds of Instant Pots. There there are a lot. And then there's like the instant pressure cookers that are not the Instant Pot brand. Yeah, I have the big one like you have, that Lux one. What I didn't like about it is that it didn't have the yogurt setting. And for some reason in my head, I was like, I really want to make my own yogurt, especially dairy-free yogurt because it's so expensive. Yeah. And then... Also, like you, if I was making steel cut oats or something, it just felt ridiculous to have that big of a size. But I loved that big of a size for a family. So I got a regular, like the most common model off of our Buy Nothing group. Oh, nice. Yeah. So that was pretty sweet. That's a good place to find one. And how many times now have I made yogurt now that I have an Instant Pot that makes yogurt? (laughs) Zero. Zero. (laughs) There you go. Different priorities right now, folks. There it goes. Well, most people, I think, when they think of instant pot cooking, they think of like main dishes, which it's great at. Mm -hmm. We have a laundry list of main dishes that we think are awesome in the instant pot. So maybe we start there. Yeah. I know we have a instant pot recipe in common that we both really, really love. I mean, I think we should start with what I would like to call my love letter to the pressure cooker spicy pork shoulder from Melissa Clark from the New York Times. It's so good. You guys, if you have not made that recipe, you need to do that. Do it today. Tonight Mm -hmm. or tomorrow night. (laughs) It's so good. It is so good because it is so versatile. Yeah. And it's super adaptable. Like the kids are going to like it. The adults are going to like it. The like snobby foodies are going to like it. The people who don't have time to do a lot of cooking on a weeknight are going to like it. It's great. It, I think it's the best way that I have found to cook a pork shoulder. It's the only way now to cook a pork shoulder. <laughs> you could serve it with noodles if you wanted. You yeah. could serve it over rice. You could serve it over coconut rice. Yeah. Um, it makes a ton of food. It's great for having people over. Yeah. 
And like a lot of Melissa Clark recipes, from my point of view, she does have a lot of steps in it, but you could also cut out those steps. Totally. And maybe it's not going to be like amazing, right. but it's still going to be really, really good. Yeah, totally. So one step that yeah. I do cut out sometimes yeah. is at the end of the recipe, she has you broil it, right? Yeah. And yeah. so that makes it delicious and crispy. Right. But, but you don't have to do that. Yeah. Many times I have yeah. skipped that step. I have also skipped the step of browning the meat. Yeah. I, don't. I sometimes don't brown it. I sometimes just chuck it in. Mm -hmm. So basically pressure cooking a pork shoulder is a great way to cook it. But what elevates it is you make sort of like a spice rub that you rub all over the pork before you cook it. And then you also make a sauce that goes on it after when it comes out. This spice rub is not terribly spicy. So like if I put that on, my kids don't say like, oh, this is spicy. But then the sauce is fairly spicy. So you can meter that out, like depending on who you're feeding. If you want it to be super spicy, like pour it all on. If you want it for the kids, you can either leave it off and it still is seasoned because of that spice rub. Or you can just put a little bit in, then you can broil it to make it crispy or not. Like you just have so many options. Yeah, it is such a great sauce. It has the sauce has a combination of garlic, ginger root, gojujang, soy sauce, ketchup, mirin, honey, rice wine vinegar, a little bit of fish sauce, a little bit of sesame it's oil. so good. I mean, all of those things. You want to eat it on everything. I yeah. mean, that sauce is amazing, even without the pork shoulder, but it really totally. goes well with the pork shoulder. And in our household, we do have someone who eats it without the pork shoulder because I will make my son, who has a protein-restricted diet, jackfruit. Oh, yeah. Like, rinse the jackfruit super, super well, and then saute it in oil to get that kind of, like, crispy yeah. and, like, cook the briny flavor out of it. Yeah. And then toss it with the sauce and he can have it on rice. And it's like very similar that in a way. That sounds really yummy. It's really good. Yeah. As part of that recipe, she gives you a bonus recipe, which are these sesame pickled cucumbers. Oh, that's right. They're really easy to make. Yeah. Like you could make those, like get your pork shoulder going and put in the Instant Pot and then switch gears and make the pickled cucumbers. It will take like five minutes. And then just the time that it has to sit while you're waiting for the pork shoulder to be done is enough time for it to be delicious. That's great. I think that's part of what I love about the Instant Pot so much is that you can put something in there and then you can walk away and do something different. Mm -hmm. So it's easier to make like a side dish or something. It I, just really helps with the multitasking. Think about it in the way that you do a slow cooker, right? right. Like you can prepare all of that and put it in the Instant Pot. And then there's usually a function where you can do a delayed start time. Yeah on your Instant Pot. I so, love that function. And then it will keep it warm for a little while afterwards. So that's a, a way I that I think great. it can buy you a little bit more time. Yeah. Another recipe that I really like that I discovered when we were renovating our house uh, last year and we were living in the basement, I like really discovered a lot more pressure cooker recipes because we were just working with a toaster oven in an Instant Pot. I think that's amazing. Like you have four people that get fed every night by you guys and you manage to live without a kitchen for a long time yeah. just because of your toaster oven and your Instant yeah, Pot. for three months. That's so long. And we, I mean, we really only ate out a couple of times. That's incredible. Yeah, we made it work. It's a recipe also in the New York Times. It's the Andrea One recipe, pressure cooker beef pho. Ooh. I think it's almost as good as restaurant pho. Wow. It's really good. You make a stock and the stock is like so delicious. It's a beef stock because it's like a Vietnamese beef stock. It has apple and onion and ginger and star anise and cinnamon and cloves in it. That sounds so good. It's so good. You make the stock, which the pressure cooker is brilliant for making stock because it cuts the time down so much and makes like such a flavorful broth. And then you like prepare a bowl and you pour the hot broth over it. She has you use like raw beef in the bowl. And then when you pour the stock on it, the idea is that it cooks it through. Oh, yeah. Which I think sort of works. Okay. I have had like 
like a little bit of spotty results with that. So I might just in the future, just like toss it into the stock while it's still boiling for a a minute because it pouring it in, like it does cool down real quick if the beef is cold. Maybe like room temperature beef that's cut really thinly. Yeah. Yeah. Something like that. It's got like onion in it, beef, noodles, and it's just delicious. You shower it with green onion and cilantro. It's really, really good. And it's easy. She says in the recipe, she loves to like simmer this like beef stock for hours, but you can make a, she calls it a pretty good version in an hour for four people. And it really is very good. That's impressive. Makes me want to make it. Yeah. Well, when I'm thinking about instant pot mains that require like very little lead time. Yeah. I often go to the oven braised beef with tomatoes and garlic from Smitten Kitchen. Oh, yeah. For, you so can, have you adapted that for the pressure cooker? Or does she do that in the recipe for you? She does it for you. Oh, that's brilliant. I feel like I actually cook more from Deb Perlman's website than I do from her Smitten Kitchen cookbooks. It's three ingredients. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. I mean, one of four Just if you like count dead salt. Simple. Yes. <laughs> so yeah. it's like a chunk of beef, a can of tomatoes, and some garlic. And she even tells you that you don't even have to peel the garlic. I don't love that because I don't, you know, I think it's a little bit weird. I don't want to eat the texture of garlic paper. Yeah. You can make this as simple as you would like it to be. Okay. So she has variations where you cook it in the oven at 300 degrees for three to four hours. She made a revision to it to add instant pot slash electric multi-cooker methods where you end up cooking it for like, well, here's the thing. She says to cook it for 75 minutes and then let the pressure release naturally. I think if you're using pastured meat, oh yeah, the cooking time is always way lower. Yeah. Like I feel like I cook mine for 45 minutes. Okay. And then I do a manual release and check it. And if it seems done, I don't cook it any longer than that. I think 75 minutes, the meat would be really tight. What I will usually do is I will remove the meat at that point and then I'll simmer the sauce down more. She gives you a bunch of ideas of how to make it nicer. Like you could add a little bit of Worcestershire sauce or like some balsamic vinegar or a little bit of wine and cook it down. But it could really just be those simple four ingredients and it will still turn out great. And I have also made that for like company coming over many times. That's great. My favorite way to serve it is over polenta, like oven baked polenta with like a whole bunch of Parmesan cheese on top. Oh my gosh, that sounds good. Isn't it? It's like sounds so good. Like so comforting. Yeah. What else do you got? I really like the pressure cooker classic beef chili from the New York Times. That's a Melissa Clark recipe also. It's just a classic chili, but she's done all the pressure cooker calculations for you. So you just follow that and it's like really nice. It has a really nice flavor. It's like hearty. Dried beans or canned beans? It calls for canned beans, but I don't stock canned beans. So usually what I'll do with this one is I'll just cook the beans in the pressure cooker first Uh and then just like set them aside and add them in when it's time. And back out the timeline. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's a very classic chili. It calls for ground beef. And she says like, you know, you could sub turkey or something like it's a fairly adaptable thing chili which is why we Um, love melissa clark yeah exactly and it's got bell peppers and garlic and jalapeno tomato paste diced tomatoes the beans and then she just says you know serve it with lime juice sour cream cubed avocado Oh, yeah. Pickled jalapeno. So in her version of the recipe where you're using canned beans, how long does the whole thing take from start to finish? It takes an hour. Almost all hands off. That whole hour mostly is just letting the flavors marry. Right. Right, exactly. So, you know, you like brown the beef a little bit. And then you stir in the veggies and then you like add all the rest of the stuff, you know, set it up and and it's like high pressure for eight minutes. Wow. With a natural release. 
That's so I mean, that's so delicious. little hands-on time. Um, since we're talking about pressure cooker recipes, if people haven't already heard the episode that we have about the Indian Instant Pot, yeah. that cookbook is all Almost pressure cooker. Almost everything in there is a total winner. Yeah. It's so good. And that's written by... Urvashi Pitri. Urvashi Pitri. Speaking of Urvashi Pitri, she's also written another Instant Pot book that's not an Indian cookbook. It's called the Instant Pot Miracle Healthy Cookbook, which the name of that drives me crazy. <laughs> But I picked it up at the library looking for just like more pressure cooker stuff. And I didn't even realize that she had written it. And I think that's a good cookbook. I didn't cook a ton from it. But one of the recipes I really liked that I tried from that was a harissa butternut and chickpea stew. Ooh, That whole cookbook is very like vegetable forward. The recipes are simple and they came out really good. And so you make your own harissa. Mm. Um, and then you do butternut squash and chickpeas like in the stew. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought it was really delicious. Wow. Does the butternut squash kind of break down and make yeah. it creamy? Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. It's like really, that. really good. That sounds great. I liked that a lot. Another recipe that I like that is also very vegetable forward is the instant pot vegetable soup from Nom Nom Paleo. Oh. Have you cooked a lot from Nom Nom Paleo? I've only made the Kahlua pork. Well, we did it for Cookbook Club a long time ago, but you can find this recipe on her website. So we'll link to it in the show notes. What I like about it is that it is a great like fridge clean out meal. I mean, it's the kind of versatile recipe where you could and she says that in the head note, like you can throw in a lot of different things that you need to use up. It involves like um, stock, either bone broth if you have it, chicken stock if you have it, and then really basic things that you're probably already going to have in your refrigerator, like carrots, potato, some shallot and or garlic. The only thing that you might need to make sure you have are dried shiitake mushrooms, which definitely helps the flavor be more, you know, umami robust, a little bit of fish sauce and then some bok choy. So if you had a bunch of other random things in the refrigerator, like even things that were already cooked, like leftover roasted winter squash or something like just throw that into. It's a very fast recipe to make. She recommends doing this as a vegetable side dish. We do it as a main in our house. And then we just add meatballs to the portion for the folks who need more meat. Or you could also add tofu probably. Yeah. Which we don't eat a lot of tofu in our house, but you might in your house. Yeah. So that's a good recipe also. So great for that, like very niche PKU community that my family is a part of. Yeah. Also really great for just anybody. Sounds really good. Do you put those dried shiitake mushrooms straight in? Dried? You don't need to rehydrate the mushrooms first if you're cooking it in the Instant Pot because it softens under the high pressure. She has a version of the recipe that you could do on the stovetop. And in that method, you do have to soak the mushrooms in water first. Okay. Yeah. Sounds delicious. It is delicious. It's like a ton of veggies too. Yeah, that's great. Should we take a quick break? Let's do it. Okay. Well, when we come back, we're going to continue to talk about a few other of our favorite mains. We're also going to talk about all those other things that you might not realize you should be doing in your Instant Pot. Dropcloth Samplers is a line of hand-drawn embroidery samplers, printed and ready for you to jump in and start stitching right away. Each pattern is hand-drawn by Rebecca Rinquist in her Portland, Oregon studio, and printed for you to embroider with your own color and thread choices. It's like a coloring book, but for embroidery. And with Rebecca's custom classes on Creative Bug, she can be there to guide you every step of the way. You can find Dropcloth Samplers on Instagram at dropcloth, or online at dropclothsamplers.com. One thing that surprised me that works really, really well in the Instant Pot is tempeh. Oh. So I have always been like a little bit flummoxed by tempeh. I love it. I like to order it in a restaurant, but I've just never been able to nail it at home. This is a dumb question. Yeah. Do you have to cook tempeh? 
I don't think you have to cook it. Okay. Sort of like tofu. You don't right. really have to cook it. Right. You it. don't have to cook it. But it doesn't usually come seasoned. You can buy it pre-seasoned and just warm it up. Mm-hmm. But I usually, the kind that I buy is not seasoned. So like it wouldn't have much flavor to it until mm-hmm. you like add a sauce and add some heat. I came across this recipe. In, there's a Martha Stewart pressure cooker book. This recipe is called tempeh with teriyaki greens and cilantro yogurt. Mm. It was so awesome. And my big takeaway was like, I should be cooking tempeh in the Instant Pot. Because there's something like kind of magical about, obviously it's not magic, it's <laughs> science, but um, about pressure cooking and the way it like sort of compresses the flavors inward on something, you know, like that pressure seems to like drive in like a marinade or a sauce or those flavors, like mm-hmm. it drives in the seasoning. And I feel like tempeh is something that really benefits from that because it's very like structurally sort of tight. Yeah. And so you marinate it. And, you know, some of the issues that I've had in the past is like you do a salty marinade and then the outside of it is like way too salty, but like it doesn't make it to the inside. So that's been a challenge. Like tempeh has been a challenge for me, but in this recipe, it comes out tender, which is great. Like I feel like it tenderizes it a little bit and just really makes the flavor sort of more consistent throughout the whole like chunk of tempeh. How long does it have to marinate for before you make it? Do you I don't remember? think very long at all. Okay. So a short marinade time. Yeah, Short marinade time. And then the pressure cooking just like drives that marinade and that flavor into the tempeh. It was so, so good. That sounds great. Um, and the teriyaki greens are really good. I think if I remember correctly, and I haven't made this, you know, I made it a little while ago and I don't have the book anymore, but you cook the tempeh and then like you add the greens later and they wilt down. It was really, really tasty. And so I've been sort of experimenting with cooking tempeh in the Instant Pot now in a few different ways. So you do need moisture in there is the only hard thing, but you can put it up on the trivet mm-hmm. and put some water underneath if you want it to like kind of steam, but not get like soupy. So I've had pretty good luck with it so far. I think this like pressure cooking is the way to go with that. That sounds good. I love eating tempeh, but I never make tempeh at home because I don't want to deal with the backlash from <laughs> the people at my, you know, whenever you take a risk on like a main, yeah. it just feels there like there's more at stake if all the kids are like, uh, I'm not right. into this. And it's like, great. Well, right. I just spent a lot of time and effort <laughs> buying this like special thing. And like for- figuring out how to cook it. Yeah. And, yeah. That's so true. Another one that I really like that is very meatful is the pressure cooker carnitas from All Recipes. This is not a high bar, folks, just to be clear. This is easy carnitas. So if you want something that's a delicious carnitas that works in the Instant Pot, go to Melissa Clark's Dinner in an Instant Cookbook and make that carnitas recipe. That one is delicious. This one that I'm talking about is like dead simple and you can take it on vacation and make it the first night that you're there and then eat on it for like three nights in a row. Amazing. Yeah. So I'll link to it in the show notes, but it's basically a giant six pound pork butt. And then I usually make the spice mix at home before I go on vacation, which is just a combination of salt, oregano cumin, black pepper, chili powder, paprika, like all things that yeah, easy. we have in our spice cupboards. And then you just need a little bit of oil, some orange juice. So the orange juice oh, yeah. is the liquid yeah. that you need in order to reach pressure. And then an onion and some garlic. You just throw it all in there, cook it for a little while. Again, my cooking time is always less than they have in the recipe. They say to cook it for like 60 minutes. Mine never takes that long. If you wanted to like make it nicer, you could do that method where you like shred it and maybe like broil it. Yeah. And just to make it like crispy. But and with the orange juice in there, it gets those like crispy caramelized edges. Yeah. So again, this is not like the world's best carnitas recipe, but it might be the world's easiest pressure cooker carnitas recipe. There's something to be said for that. 
What else do we have? I subscribe to Julia Tertian's email newsletter. Uh-huh. And she has like fairly recently like gotten into using her Instant Pot. And she had a recipe for a, she calls it the easiest ever pasta bolognese. Mm-hmm. It was just in her email newsletter. So you might have to dig to find it. But I have had trouble making pasta work in the Instant Pot. It just like always comes out mushy or gross. Like I made macaroni and cheese once and it like curdled. Ugh. It was really gross. <laughs> that sounds so gross. I know. But I had real luck with this one. And okay. it is easy, easy, easy. It's like jarred sauce, whole wheat pasta, and you like add some meat in. Like it's so, so easy, but it came out really good. So you just dump all the ingredients in there together at once and cook it? You don't just dump everything in. You do the saute function, olive oil, ground meat, garlic powder, dried oregano, and salt. You break up the meat until it like isn't raw anymore. Mm-hmm. Then you stir in the jarred tomato sauce and boiling water. Okay. And then you just add the pasta, put the lid on, and it goes for like five minutes. Wow. Dried pasta. Yeah. I, I love that because the pasta is cooking in the sauce right you know instead of just water yeah and then she has you of course because she's julia tertian when you take it off when you take the lid off you add some sour cream oh she loves and it just like she loves sour cream and then it just like adds some really nice like richness to it yeah i thought it was so good and it was just dead simple okay i'm gonna make that tonight actually (laughs) (laughs) that sounds really good i like the thriftiness of just like what are all the things that we could do with ground meat yeah and she calls for whole wheat pasta which i think might be part of the genius of like why it works Mm -hmm. because it's a little heartier in her newsletter when she presented this the recipe is like two inches long and then there's like 10 inches of ways you could change it Uh uh-huh which I love, you know, and she's like, use whatever kind of ground meat you want. Use sausage, like just take it out of the casing. Or, mm-hmm. you know, if you're vegetarian or vegan, you could put like cooked lentils and beans or instead of the ground meat. There's like so many options, including you can, you don't have to use the whole wheat. I think that Julia Tertian has that recipe designed really well and that you're using whole wheat pasta, which is going to taste from my perspective, a little like healthy. Yeah. But then adding sour cream makes it like luxurious. And yeah. so it's like a good balance, you totally. know? Yeah, I think it's so true. That whole hack of using sausage and just cutting it out of the casings is something that blew my mind in my 20s when my friend Erica did that when we made dinner together one night. I had never seen anyone do that before. And then I was like, oh, my God, of course, this is such a great <laughs> shortcut meat in there that's yeah. seasoned already. Someone yeah. did all the work for you. Yeah. And like we she just sauteed it and then we added like sauce and pasta and it was like delicious. Brilliant. It yeah. tasted like someone had been working on that yeah. all day. It was Julia Tertian who like blew that one wide open for me, too, because in her book, Small Victories, she has that recipe for lamb merguez. Uh-huh. And the small victory is realizing that sausage is just seasoned meat. <laughs> yeah. So you can make your own yeah and I was like what yeah (laughs) that's funny one thing that I like to make in the instant pot are these egg bites like they make an egg bite at Starbucks that I think is really delicious and so I've really been trying to like recreate that recipe because I really don't want to spend like you know five bucks at Starbucks to eat like an egg breakfast basically so an egg bite is basically like a little mini frittata that's in like a muffin cup exactly okay exactly and in their case the ones at Starbucks I think they have cottage cheese in them and they also have cheese and 
they have like different additives in them. The one that I like has Gruyere cheese and bacon. It's very delicious. It's also like extremely heavy. So you can play with that. Um, There's a bunch of recipes on the internet, people trying to like knock off this recipe essentially. And it's very easy to find a mold for the Instant Pot that will make these little cups. Really? These little eggs. Yeah. So I have this like little egg bite thing that it's silicone and it goes in the Instant Pot. The ones that they have at Starbucks are sous vide. They're totally consistent all the way through, which is nice. But also when you order them, they like pop them out of a plastic thing to warm them up. And it's just like, it seems kind of wasteful. Yeah. Not to mention, I don't want to like go out for breakfast every day, but they're really delicious. So there is a recipe on the kitchen and it's actually not even an instant pot recipe, but I think that's the best one that I've tried. Like there's a bunch of them that are just like from random cooking blogs, basically. And I've tried a bunch of them. Some of them have cottage cheese. In almost all cases, you blend them in the blender. So you put in like eggs, cottage cheese. There's the one from the kitchen calls for cream cheese in it. So it's like even denser, which I think it's a little too dense. But I think there might be like a way to like find a happy medium. Mm -hmm. Um, I've tried it with labneh in it, which is like a little less dense than cream cheese, but a little more dense than sour cream. Mm -hmm. And then you can put in whatever you want. Like you can put cheese and you can put bacon or meat or pepperoni or like uh, red peppers or something like that. Is it intended to be like a protein snack? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, exactly. That's why they're not worrying about trying to fit any vegetables in there. Right, right, exactly. But I think the Instant Pot is well suited to that. I mean, they don't come out just like the sous vide ones, but they're pretty darn good. Okay. Yeah. So I like to do that in the Instant Pot. Help me understand egg bites. It's breakfast. It's a snack. It seems like a lot of effort to make something so tiny. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I mean, they have like a ton of protein in them. Yeah. So if you're looking for like a high protein breakfast, like I think it's a good like breakfasty thing. I mean, you you definitely could have it like as a snack as well, but I think of it as a breakfast. So it's fast because you're making it in the blender and then you're pouring it in the cut and the little silicone molds that go in the instant pot and it probably cooks for like four minutes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's quick. Okay. So it's kind of like making a hard boiled egg in terms of like, it might take two minutes more, but you're going to have something that's like more delicious. Yeah, exactly. Because it's got that like dairy in it and bacon or whatever. Do people make them to keep ahead or do they just like make them as they need them? I don't know. I think I have heard of people making them ahead, but I think texture wise you run into danger there because you make them in a mold. My husband's complaint about them is that they're like really smooth on the outside, like almost slimy. Okay. And so we have like kept them in the fridge overnight and then like popped them in the toaster oven the next day to warm them up. And that does kind of like toast them up on the outside a little bit, but it is just eggs and dairy. So it's not ever going to be like, you know, crusty in like a carby way. Okay. I like that idea because then it is kind of like a make ahead batch cooking thing. Like you're not going to keep it in there forever. But like if you made those on Sunday night, then you could have breakfast maybe for everybody for the next couple days. And that little cup thing, the little like mold, the silicone mold for the egg bites, I think it's fairly versatile too, because you could just crack a whole egg into there. Mm-hmm. and cook it and then like you would have basically like a boiled egg like or you could even like add some salt or something mm-hmm. but i feel like you could use that for a number of different things like it's a good size okay yeah mini cheesecakes sure <laughs> yeah that's something that you can do in the instant pot that i've never like been interested in doing because yeah. it doesn't fit our family needs super well but yeah. people do make cheesecakes in there sometimes people will get a different ring you know the little plastic silicone right. ring in the lid of the, the instant seal. pot yeah. yeah they'll have like one that they use for their sweet things and ones that they use for their savory things I think do you do that? I don't because I don't, I don't make either. I don't make sweet things in there really. Mine just smells insanely of cumin at all times. Oh really? <laughs> yeah. 
Do you put yours in the dishwasher? No, not I, very often. I put mine in the dishwasher, and I think that kind of helps. This does kind of segue into like all of the bazillion other things that yeah. you could do in your instant pot. For you, this was your only cooking device for a while, yeah. for yeah. three months. So it's that true. was pretty impressive. And we used it for really basic things when we were doing that because we didn't have the option. You can put it on saute mode and boil water. Oh, okay. Which is great. So we would do pasta that way. The thing I discovered, though, is you cannot get like a really hearty boil going with the lid off. Okay. So um, I also discovered using the steam mode, which is great. It doesn't come to pressure, but it's basically like without the pressure, it's just like steamy water inside of it. And that works fairly well for all kinds of different things that you could steam. I've done baked potatoes in mine before. Oh, yeah, that's smart. Especially using that little rack that sits there with the feet on the bottom so that the potatoes aren't sitting in the water. I'll, you know, pierce them all over with a fork and then put the one cup of water at the bottom and then kind of make a little pyramid of the potatoes on the rack. That's smart. They turn out so fluffy. Well, I would guess that's because they're steaming more or less. Mm -hmm. And so it's like a wet cooking environment, which would like give you more of that fluffy texture. That's brilliant. I mean, my preferred way of doing baked potatoes is actually to rub them with olive oil all over Mm -hmm. on the outside and like liberally coat them in salt and then put them directly on the oven racks and roast them that way. They turn out really great that way, crispy and salty. But they take a lot longer, right? Yeah. And you have to turn the oven on. And if you're making things in the summer and you don't want to heat up the house or you're going like you were going to go camping on vacation, but like the you were renting a cabin and it had a plug plug-in outlet, then you can take your Instant Pot and make food that way. Right. Don't tell the Oregon State Parks Department, but (laughs) that's a real camping hack of mine. If you have one of these cabins or yurts. I think when they say no cooking inside, they really just don't want people bringing their camp stove inside, which people, I'm sure, have done. But yeah, the Instant Pot has really saved me. Like, we'll, we'll make, like, when we're camping, we'll make, like, macaroni and cheese in it. I've done a lot of eggs in the Instant Pot, especially for other listeners who might have chickens, like fresh chicken eggs don't separate very well from the shell. And so for many years of keeping chickens, I really never made hard boiled eggs because we go through our eggs so quickly. You know, they have to sit for like three weeks or something before they're easy to peel. So the Instant Pot really solved that problem for me. And now we have hard boiled eggs all the time. Because they're so easy to peel once they're pressure cooked. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's brilliant. What other things do you use the Instant Pot for? Um, I make beets in it. Every time Mm. I cook beets, it's just so messy. Like I used to roast them and I would like wrap each one in foil. Mm -hmm. And then afterward, you have to like, you know, get the skins off. And so now what I do is I just peel them while they're still raw. Yeah. And I just throw them in the Instant Pot with some water and they come out great. I think it's brilliant to use the Instant Pot for beets because they do take a hundred million years to roast in the oven. Yeah. And you don't get as much of that like caramely flavor, but I I think it's totally worth it, especially if you're going to like throw the beets on a salad or, you know, put it into something. I have done that before, but I have not peeled them beforehand. I still just peel them afterwards. But I like the Instant Pot because when they're done cooking, you could just lift out the inner lid and set it in the sink and add a bunch of cold water to cool them down. Good call. And then just like peel them in that. Right. So it feels less messy. It doesn't look like there was a murder that happened in your kitchen when <laughs> you're done. Just on your hands. <laughs> I also used my Instant Pot because it has like that saute function and then you can like put a lid on it and pressure cook it. I use it for a lot of recipes that aren't pressure cooker recipes. Okay. Like a lot of rice dishes. Oh yeah. There's that turmeric rice dish that I really love from the New York Times. It says nothing about pressure cooking in it, but I just like that I can do all of my sauteing and stuff there and then I can maybe speed up the cooking time a little bit right. by popping the lid on and putting it on the rice setting. Yeah. Um, or Alison Roman's chickpea stew. I've made that 
lot in the Instant Pot because I'll make chickpeas ahead of time. Okay. Drain them, you know, and then use that same pot to like do all of her You're steps in the recipe. so many dishes. Yeah, it's just one dish yeah. then. It's awesome. And they're not hard to clean. Those no. inner pots. Mine go in the dishwasher. Yeah, like I do too. If people have been listening for a while, they probably know how deep my love is for making broth in the Instant Pot and then using that broth to cook beans in the Instant Pot. Which is a real hack. Yeah. So we usually always have black beans in the freezer that that are like seasoned essentially because they were cooked in the chicken broth. And so that can be a really nice time saver for those weeknights when you have no idea what you're having for dinner. Just to take out those bag of already seasoned beans and then just use that to make it into a taco night or a rice bowl night. Another thing that I experimented with a little bit is putting a spaghetti squash in the instant pot and then dumping in some marinara so the marinara kind of acts as the liquid that's smart yeah and then you pop the lid on and i found the cooking time varies quite a bit depending on the size of the spaghetti squash so if you have a big mama jama it's going to take like 20 25 minutes yeah so you might have to do a little experimentation with releasing the pressure popping it open piercing it with a fork and seeing if it's done okay but i have turned that into a full meal by taking out the spaghetti squash letting it cool a little bit or having like gloves on so you don't burn yourself and then you split it open and you kind of scrape out the spaghetti squash noodle-y things and then put it back in the Instant Pot and then throw in some meatballs. Okay. Especially if you have like frozen meatballs, you know. That's so easy. Or you could like throw the meatballs in and let them warm up in that marinara sauce while you're shredding the spaghetti squash. And then you have essentially a one-pot meal. I mean, it's hard to beat marinara, especially if it's Rouse. Yeah. (laughs) So good. I started using Rouse as pizza sauce. I have used marinara as pizza sauce a few times in a pinch and like nobody notices. No, it's really good. I mean, of course, like we would notice that it's a little different, but most people are not going to notice. Most people that don't have a podcast about cooking. (laughs) (laughs) Is that it? That's it, I think. I hope this like takes some brain work out for you guys as we all get used to the new year. I personally feel like I've just been shot out of a cannon. Do you feel like that? Yeah, a little bit. It's like Mm -hmm. shot out of a cannon right back into the thick of like Oregon Battle of the Book. Books, which is like the school program my kid does one of my yeah. kids does and, and then like ready for girl scout cookies girl scout already. cookie season oh and like gosh. basketball practice and like signing everybody up for soccer and yeah. like the school garden that i volunteer at oh and gosh. you know work yeah, yeah. <laughs> i know totally yeah i feel sort of the same way and so i think i'm going to be utilizing my instant pot a lot yeah. this month just like trying to get back into it. You know, I'm just getting used to my house being quiet for a few hours a day while my kids are at school again. It's just been so loud with them home for a couple of weeks. We sure hope that you guys will join us next time when we'll be cooking from Japanese cookbook for beginners by Azusa Oda. Sarah, why did we pick this book? It's an extremely simple Japanese cookbook by this woman, Azusa Oda, who has sort of like a bicultural upbringing, like grew up in the U.S. with Japanese parents. And I think she makes Japanese cooking really accessible and very weeknight friendly. That's going to be a good one. Cook along with us between now and then. Just tag us on Instagram at Cookbook Club Show or send us a voice memo or a comment at cookbookclubshow at gmail.com. You can find us online at cookbookclub.show. And remember to subscribe to our podcast podcast so you don't miss the next one and leaving us a review really helps other home cooks find us too we'll see ya bye bye